Let's get it all! What's up, Fight Fans? We are back for another week's installment of the Weekend Recap Show by Comments from the Peanut Gallery. The Weekend Recap Show, we have a couple of segments that we go through. We go through the What I Got Right and What I Got Wrong segment, as well as the afterthoughts for the events on the weekend. So we might as well get right into the thick of things for the What I Got Right and What I Got Wrong segment this weekend that is brought to you by Colorado Native Company. For any of your HVAC services or needs, be sure to hit up my man Robbie with Colorado Native Company. Let him know that the peanut gallery sent you. They will make sure that you get all taken care of just like family. In Bellator, it was Bellator 273 down in Arizona. It was a similar circumstance from what we saw last weekend in the UFC as far as the main event dynamic being a title fight between the current sitting undisputed champion as well as an interim champion. In the Bellator ranks, we had Ryan Bader, the current heavyweight champion, taking on the interim champion, and Valentin Moldovsky. Now, this was basically, like we said, this was Team Bader versus Team Fedor 3. This third time that Bader has fought either Fedor or one of his protégés. Now, what I got right as far as this matchup goes is, so the power is always the last thing to go. And Moldovsky does have the speed, but in this matchup, it was that powerful right hand that did the damage early on for Ryan Bader that led him to ultimately get his hand raised. Now, what I got wrong as far as this fight goes, I thought that this was going to be a rough night for Ryan Bader. I thought that it was going to be a, once again, a repeat tough outing in front of his Arizona crowd. Now, I say that simply because he's been KO'd in two of his last three fights. Team Fedor, like we've already mentioned, has had a couple of live looks at him. So one would think that the game planning would have been able to be able to be there just, just to have somewhat of an advantage in that regard. Not to say that that is the end-all be-all when you have teammates who had experience against somebody because a fight is a fight at the end of the day. In the co-main event, as far as Benson Henderson and Islam Mamadov, what I got right in this matchup was I said that Benson's wrestling and his creativity in general as a grappler was going to present some potential issues for someone like Mamadov. And it did. We see the highlight reel of when Benson tucked and rolled to counter the takedown. It was just smooth. See what I did there? Now, Mamadov, he's a legit contender. This guy hasn't lost in more than 12 years going into this fight. But it was a split decision contest, so what does that mean by the numbers? What that means by the numbers is that 33.3% of the judges sitting cage side that were appointed by the Arizona State Athletic Commission saw the fight scored in the opposite direction. In that same vein, I think that we saw that Benson still has miles left on the tires. He is 38 years old, so he's definitely on the back nine. He's no spring chicken by any means. But him snapping that three-fight losing streak and looking good overall in the process, you know, not having a, a devastating result come of it, hats off to you, Smooth. You know, he's a friend of the show uh, with the MMA plug, our radio show. He's one of our early guests on, so we're, uh, we're, we're thankful for him getting his hand raised and being able to keep this journey going. That's a Colorado native right there. 
Henry Corrales taking on Aiden Lee. Henry Corrales comes to fight every single time. I don't want to go too deeply into this one because it was a technical decision that was ended early as far as the contest goes due to an accidental eye poke. So we might as well just keep it moving right along on this one, but I still stand by the statement that Henry Corrales is must-see TV anytime that he fights. You had Seba Homasi taking on Jaleel Willis. This was Josh Frim's feature fight of the week on our radio show, The MMA Plug, presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on 98.1 FM Mile High Sports Radio. You can check us out every Wednesday night. But in this matchup, you know, we, we said that Seba's going to be one tough SOB. And despite whatever impression that his record may give you, with him coming into the fight at 15 and 10, he's a game opponent who is going to go out there and be a tough out for anybody who gets locked in the cage with him. He came out and he pulled the upset with the former LFA champion in Willis with the arm triangle at just past 90 seconds into the first round. So it was a phenomenal showing for him. Big win on his record right there. What I got wrong was that I thought that Willis was going to be a little bit more competitive and able to hold his own in the grappling department. But again, it is what it is. Fight's a fight. That wraps up as far as the main card goes at Bellator 273. In the feature prelim of the night, you had Enrique Barzola taking on Darian Caldwell. What I got right in this matchup is Barzola is a dog. Man, that dude is a freaking junkyard dog who put the pressure on Caldwell from start all the way until the point that he got the late finish in the third round. He was... Not going to let himself be bullied in the wrestling department. That was something that I thought was going to be a major advantage for Darian. Proved not to be. And again, I think simply put, it showed again in this fight that Caldwell has not evolved as a fighter for quite some time now, in my opinion. I don't think that he showed any sort of new layers of growth. The recipe is out on him at this point. He is legitimately, he's a former Bellator world champion, but the man just hasn't added layers to his game the recipe is out like i say get him tired and he becomes sloppy he was dead tired about seven seven and a half minutes into the fight and you could see it in the takedown attempts there were openings for him to shoot but they were just not able to be capitalized upon because he didn't have the energy in the tank to be able to explode and get to his takedown entries, lock the hands up, and then be able to proceed with getting the fight to the canvas. Just did not work out for him in that fashion. In the Chris Gonzalez and the Saad Awad fight, what I got right as far as this fight goes is that there was the potential for this young savage to come out there and be able to do what we kind of unfortunately see at the end of the road for the old dogs. He put the old dog out to pasture. The ratio of a 6-1 fighter versus a 24-13 fighter, that differential usually means one of two things. They're, they're trying to give the young kid a test or they're trying to give the old dog a get-back fight. I think that this was a test for the young kid, and he was able to pass that test with flying colors and score a knockout of his own and bounce back admirably after getting knocked out in his previous fight. I think that that is something that you're going to see Gonzalez be able to build off of. He speaks well on the camera. He cleans up nice when he needs to do his media opportunities. There may be something there for him. He's... Now 7-1 and one in the Bellator ranks and having a big win with somebody who has 30 more fights than you, 
that's a big scalp to have underneath your resume. So, again, I, I think that you're going to see Chris Gonzalez start to get a little bit of a push from the Bellator people, and we'll see some bigger matchups in the near horizon. We might see another building fight next, and then a big name. Bellator does tend to groom their fighters or build them up, if you will, a little bit more than, say, the UFC does. So there's pros and cons to that dynamic. I think that that's where we're also going to see potentially another opportunity for for, for one of the guys that we're going to mention from this next fight. We had Dalton Rasta taking on Dwayne Johnson. Now, what I got right in this matchup was that Rasta fits the name Hercules. The power from Rasta I knew would be an issue for Dwayne Johnson. He hit Dwayne Johnson like a rock a few times early and often, and he was able to create big action and giant movements as opposed to just small, finite things from Johnson any time that he fainted. It was easy to see that Johnson wanted no part of standing in a phone booth with Rasta. He was basically on his back foot or working off of the cage the entire time. What I got wrong in this matchup was that I thought that Dalton would get the KOTKO. I do think that there were multiple opportunities that Dalton could have potentially secured this finish throughout the contest. But this is also something that we see from a fair amount of fighters who are still earlier on in their career and growing and developing as a prospect before they get to that contender level. I think that he crashed a few times on his power punches when he would have been better off staying back at range and finding those knockout opportunities as they presented themselves. He's got a great camp around him. He's six and one. He's only, or excuse me, he's six and zero. Oh. He is only twenty six years old. He cra- trains with a great camp down there at American Top Team. He's got great training partners around him like Josh Silvera. So I think that we're only going to see his development continue to blossom on the up and up. Looking forward to seeing what's next out of a guy like Dalton Rasta, and I do believe that he should be ranked now in that Bellator top 10. You have guys like Romero Cotton, who he was supposed to fight and pulled out, sitting there at 5-0. and Now that Dalton's at 6-0, and I do believe that he deserves a spot in those rankings. You had Nikita Mikhailov. Oh, my God. What I got right as far as this fight. This kid is an absolute freaking animal to only be 23 years old and already that damn good. He has a right hand that is like a Thor's hammer. Any time that he connected with that right hand, you could see the immediate reaction out of Blaine Shuff. Now, what I got wrong as far as this goes was really nothing. I thought that this was going to be a KOTKO from the young Russian star, potential superstar, I should say. But if I were to say something or if I were to identify anything that I may have thought dissenting from that third round take TKO, it would have been that the finish would have been much earlier on. I wasn't far off from that. He almost got the knockout right away in the first round, but credit to Shuff to be able to weather that storm and continue to keep the contest going to try to get himself, try to give him a, 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 a shot just to be able to work himself back into the fight once he was recovered from being hurt from that initial blow. Didn't work out that way. Brass tacks, once you get down to it, I had the result KO, TKO. That's what it was. 
Lucas Brennan against the Colorado product in Ben Lugo. What I got right in this one was that I had a feeling that Bellator might be trying to build a guy like Brennan. Mentioned a little bit earlier that Bellator does have this tendency that they want to try to groom or build their guys. With him only being 21 years old, he was undefeated coming into the fight. Ben Lugo, all due respect to him, you know he's a he's a savvy, solid Colorado veteran. But with him being at a record just shy of 500 coming into the fight, that was someone that they felt that they could give a good veteran look and test to their young potential superstar. They think that they have something in this 21 year old kid. They might. He's young. It's early to tell, but we got to see him continue to work through the work through the ranks of, of the Bellator division and. What's he have in the long run? Then you also had, man, this one was the the curtain puller. A little bit of a heartbreaker. It was a little bit of a heartbreaker here. You had Sullivan Cully taking on Big Tuna. Now, what I got right was that I said you will be entertained in this matchup. Who doesn't enjoy finishes? Unfortunately for Big Tuna, who we thought it was going to be his next leap into potential Bellator superstardom, that dream was crushed at the end of the first round by Sullivan Cully. Sullivan Cully secured the TKO at the end of the round, like we say. Quick question for everybody out there. Who enjoys getting injured after taking a pop to the chops? Well, as someone who spends multiple hours per week speaking into a microphone, I know I don't. And I especially don't have the time to be making unnecessary trips and visits to the dentist's office. That's why I trust my oral protection needs to impact mouth guards. Impact Mouthguards offers custom-molded, custom-fit solutions for everything from mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu to powerlifting and nighttime products. Impact Mouthguards merchandise lineup offers things for both the badass beauties and the bearded badasses out there. Everything from rash guards and t-shirts to stickers and finger tape. Make sure that you check out www.impactmouthguards.com. Use the promo code PEANUTGALLERY in the checkout. What's up, fight fans? Now that we're past the what I got right and what I got wrong segment, we're going to get into the afterthoughts for the weekend. The afterthoughts for this weekend in combat sports segment is brought to you by Fat Ninja Combat Gear for the latest and greatest in your fight wear fashion please check out www.fatninjacombatgear.com pick yourself up a new outfit you'll be supporting small business as well as someone who is deeply entrenched within our mma community so yeah like i say we want to support each other and help elevate everybody within this community check out www.fatninjacombatgear.com this was a weekend for the old heads seriously if you take a look at some of the guys who won it was all guys from yesteryear in the main and co-main event that won at both the Bellator and the Eagle FC show. We're going to cover both of those in this segment as I do believe that that Eagle show was something that was monumental that happened here stateside. It wasn't just the Bellator show as one of the flagship promotions going this weekend in my opinion now. Like we mentioned earlier in the last segment, we had Ryan Bader as well as Benson Henderson get their hands raised on that Bellator 273 card against much younger fighters who were rising prospects who we thought could be the changing of the guard. Didn't happen this time. Like we mentioned in the last segment, Ryan Bader and Benson Henderson were both able to get their hands raised at Bellator 273 against much younger fighters. I think that it's in the best interest for Ryan Bader to stay at the heavyweight division. Like we mentioned, power is the last thing to go. Why mess around, cut and wait, stay in the division where you're still the champion, and 
continue out these golden years of your career, make a lot of money on the way out, and call it a day. Benson Henderson, I think that he showed us, like we say, that he still has miles left on the tires, being able to beat a prospect who has all the tools to potentially make a championship run in the Bellator ranks the way that he beat Islam Mamadov. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, Benson needs to be selective as far as some of the matchups going forward, but he's still got fight left in him. Eagle FC 44 had their first stateside show this weekend down in Miami, and it was impressive, to say the least. They had great production, the fights were entertaining, and they had A-listers within our MMA community all throughout the broadcast, whether it be Uncle Chael, Henry Cejudo, Kamaru Usman. There was a star-studded cast that was out there that made this an entertaining show to watch and to want to continue to follow. I think that they proved that they're right on par, right on the same lines of your shows like your Bellators, your PFLs, your LFAs, Combates, and so on and so forth. That also being said, there was some money that was put into that show. If that money is something that is able to be a consistency as they continue as a promotion, they're going to continue to be a big player in the game. And I can certainly guarantee you that I'm going to have my eye on that matchup once it comes time next uh, next March for the Diego Sanchez taking on Kevin Lee matchup. I think that they've set the tone for there being a great card or a great action to be on these cards. In the main event for Eagle FC 44, you had the old Russian bear and the paratrooper Sergei Haritanov who TKO'd Tyrone Spong. This fight played out pretty much exactly as I thought that it would. The big Russian bear is as tough as an old leather combat boot, and he just kept on marching forward right into Spong, pressing him the entire time and forcing the takedown. Whenever the action got to the ground, Spong simply had no answer to be able to get off of his back and to get Karatanov off of him. Rashad Evans, the former UFC champion, former tough champion, was successful in his comeback on this Eagle FC 44 card in the co-main event against Gabriel Checo. Hey, salute to Rashad for getting back in there and making the walk, but I, is think, I do think that it is fair to ask that based on this result, should Rashad continue? Granted, He's years removed from his last outing, and there could have been some potential cage rust implications that were going on. But I also think that it's fair to offer that cage rust or not, the old Rashad, the true sugar, would have absolutely blitzkrieged and destroyed Gabriel Checo. All due respect to Checo, but I think that that is what Checo's ceiling is. We've seen Checo fight for an LFA title, and he got knocked out in the first round. He's fought in some big fights, and he's a world-class grappler, top-tier jiu-jitsu guy, but when you bring the hands into the mix, he's just not at that top-tier level. So again, somebody like Rashad, his, his former self, to, to say that you weathered out a decision against somebody like, like Checo, I don't know, man. It's tough for me to say that uh, that unless it's just purely for, for the love of it, why? That's my, That's my big question. Again, like I say, Eagle FC 44 was, in large part, that was a success. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're able to able to do in their continuing shows going forward stateside. I don't know how many guys that they're going to ever travel out over to Russia for their shows on that side of the world, but 
as they showed here, they're willing to book and to have a, a lot of guys here that are stateside based. I mean, even it didn't go his way, but Anthony and Jukawani, one of the, the, the first Nigerian that ever fought in the UFC as shattered out by Kamaru Usman. You had guys like that that were on the card. So they want to play to their demographic where they're having the show, which I think is smart. It's not just a bunch of Russians. And finally, to cap this segment off here, the White Mamba Josh Wick is back. Now, after more than two years away from action in the cage, he came, he saw, he conquered. He showed up and he showed out out there at Fierce in Utah where he dismantled the UFC and Bellator vet in Kane Kerezosa with a TKO in the first round. And it, it's great to see this young, talented kid back in there mixing it up. He's only 27 years old. He's got time on the clock to where he can make a run at the big shows. This weekend's Afterthought segment is brought to you by Fat Ninja Combat Gear. Make sure that you go to Fat Ninja Combat Gear and pick up a, a new outfit. <clears throat> this weekend's Afterthought segment is brought to you by Fat Ninja Combat Gear. Be sure to go to www.fatninjacombatgear today and pick yourself up a new outfit. Like we say, you're supporting small business, supporting a member of our MMA community when you are picking up one of those new outfits from Fat Ninja Combat Gear. I'm Jordan Kurtz. I'm the host of your weekend recap episode presented by Comments from the Peanut Gallery. We will be with you next week with a special recap coming from Kansas City out there at the FAC show. It's going to be the newest installment of the Dana White looking for a fight. We're also going to be recapping the UFC show naturally. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. We brought to you a new segment with the Afterthoughts brought to you by Fat Ninja Combat Gear. That's going to be a new staple edition each week in addition to the What I Got Right, What I Got Wrong segment this week that was brought to you by Colorado Native Company. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up on social media. You can follow me, Jordan Kurtz, at Comments from the Peanut Gallery on Instagram. Please hit the like, share, and subscribe button here on YouTube. All of your support greatly helps us be able to continue to keep on putting out this original MMA-based content for all of you out there. So again, please smash that subscribe button down below, and we're going to keep on bringing nothing but the best to you.